This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 235 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. This week's sponsors are Audible.com and TheBarnWorks.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show And the Western Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network well, howdy, everybody. You have Helena and I this week. By the way, welcome back to the Stable Scoop Show this week. Helena had a couple of weeks off. Yeah, we had a couple of weeks off and then a lovely blizzard and no power. <laughs> but I still have my sense of humor. So, Helena, for those that don't know, for those listening from the Western Radio Show is in Rhode Island and only got about three feet of snow last yeah, a sure. couple of days ago. Yeah. And it took me about four days to clean my barn. <laughs> And that's the worst part. It piles up in there. Uh, literally, yes. yes. <laughs> um, but uh, what we want to welcome everybody from the Western Radio Show as well. We are filling in for Alan and Tammy this week. Tammy is still recovering from her surgery, but doing well. She is uh, recovering nicely from her surgery, although it was major surgery, and I know she talked about it. So um, they'll be back. It's just that we're going to fill in here, and, and uh, we're, we're going to get uh, her back as soon as, as soon as she's feeling better. So we wish her well at this point. But you get to share in the Stable Scoop radio show this week because we have something that we thought, we have a bunch of guests that we thought would appeal to both uh, the English and the Western side. And uh, one of them is is a very large ass, uh, Helena. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, we can say that. Yes, we can because With- it... Uh, the world's biggest donkey. Yeah, the world's biggest donkey. We're going to talk to the owner of uh, of that particular donkey by the name of Romulus. And uh, we're going to find out. They just did the measurement for the Guinness uh, World Book of Records, and we're going to find out more about that. And then we have some amazing trips that you can take from around the world with High Point Tours, and we're going to learn about one of those in particular that, uh, that everybody's going to be drooling over. Uh, and then we have a segment that we do every month called uh, Ask Murray, or Dear Murray, which is a horse that answers questions, and we're going we're gonna to pick one this month. Uh, Jody joins us. Jody speaks for Murray. And we're going we're gonna to answer one of those questions and chat about that a little bit. So we have a lot of cool stuff coming up on today's show. Uh, Helena, what was um, – so you're, you are dug out now. You're, the roads we're are dug clear. out. The roads are clear. Well, the main roads are clear. The back roads are still – although today the back roads are probably clear now because it's about 42 degrees it was about 47 yesterday. We had rain. We had a couple of inches of rain on top of three feet of snow. Oh, geez. Can I just tell you? I, I'm going to get like sympathy messages. <laughs> I had to shovel and we had no power. So I had to go stay to friends a few towns away, come back, feed the horses, water them. And then I had to shovel a path from the barn to the manure pile. 
But by that point, the rain had already started. So Ugh. we were a couple of hours into the rain. So I had to shovel like two and a half feet of snow in the barnyard with four and five foot drifts, probably about, I don't know, 80 feet. The path was probably about 80 feet long by hand. And then I had to push a full wheelbarrow through this path, which was like soggy. And so even though it's shoveled, you push the wheelbarrow and you hit like a soft spot yep. and you sink. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God. I can't I imagine to... the mud you're going to have to. Was, oh, oh, my God. I was so tired. I practically fell asleep at 630 last night. The mud, too. Oh, the mud. Yeah. The, well, the mud, I, 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 the mud is okay. You don't have to shovel the mud. You just have true. to walk through it. That's true. <laughs> we're kind of spoiled down here. I live in Florida, and we're kind of spoiled in Florida because we don't have the mud. We have sand, so we never get mud. Um, right. And that is kind of nice. It rain, it'll rain hard, you know, three inches of rain, and half an hour later, it's nothing. You know, right. you can't even tell it rained. But uh, you don't have that luxury up there. Well, I'm glad you got your power back, and I'm glad you're back in business here. Yes, uh, and we wish everybody the best that's up there in New England. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a rough couple of days, but kind of pretty and fun. You probably got to play a little too. So, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. the horses did. They do like. I, I'll tell you, they definitely get frisky after a storm. Yeah. I mean, partly because yes, they're locked in for a couple of hours extra. But I let my guys really run around the day before because I knew it was coming. So I didn't want them to get real stiff and, and achy. But it doesn't matter, you know, when they come out into that snow, they're like, yeehaw, kicking up their heels and rolling and rolling and rolling in it. I don't know what it is about deep snow that makes the horses want to roll. Yeah, even if they have blankets on, they're rolling. You know? Yeah, and yeah. even if they've rolled a million times the day before, they come back out and they want to roll again. Because I thought, well, again, maybe it's because they're stuck in their stalls for longer than usual and they want to, like, you know, stretch and twist and all that. But I don't know. I I I think they just like to play in it. I do think there is a sincere element of let's play. Well, let's uh, go to our first guest here. And our first guest is with um, is our regular segment that we do once a month. It's Jody Werner, who's a spokesperson for Dear Murray. And Dear Murray is, light, is a horse that answers questions from other horses, sort of like Dear Abby does for people. And we thought it would be fun to pick one question every month and talk about it and just have a little conversation about it because he gets some interesting questions, Murray does. So we're going to, today we're actually going to be talking about muck and wheelbarrows. So let's go to Jody. One. Well, we have Jody with us, who is the spokesperson from, for Dear Murray. And this week or this month, we picked out a question that Murray got. And Helena's going to read the question and Jody's going to read Murray's answer. I How are this. you? Okay. Glad to be with you again. Helena, you weren't here the last time or two I talked to Glenn, so I'm, I'm glad you're back on the job. I know we were just talking um, off air about how starstruck I get every time Jody comes on. And then now we actually have this Dear Murray segment. And there's this on my, my show notes for the day, there's a photograph of Murray in all his Murrayness <laughs> sticking his head out like, bring it on, sister. What you got? Yes, that's my so, carrot face. <laughs> his care face. And, and it feels I am a little starstruck. I mean, Murray's a big deal. So I'm very excited to read today's question for Dear Murray. It starts, Dear Murray, why do horses eat hay out of the muck buckets? We put fresh hay down and they mix it all up in the shavings and poop on it. When we come to clean the stalls and take the soiled hay out. They act like it is the best thing in the world and eat it out of the muck bucket. Why is it suddenly so wonderful? 
grossed out groom. <laughs> and and Murray's answer was? Well, Murray said, dear grossed out groom, that is our version of a tossed salad. Ugh. We're waiting for the flavors to mix before we eat it. Horses <laughs> enjoy eating their food more than once. The taste is wonderfully complex after it's passed through us. Uh. Ask your dog. He thinks horse poop is delicious. It's true. The fact that you put it in a bowl for us to eat out of is awesome. <laughs> we like it to ferment a bit before we eat it. So can you leave the salad bowl, uh, muck bucket in our stall and go away for a while? <laughs> Better yet, fetch us some salad dressing. Have you got any gray poop on? <laughs> gray poop. <laughs> Actually, some beer would probably make a good salad dressing, too. I'm sure he wouldn't turn that down either. <laughs> Murray's a beer drinker. Murray likes his beer. He's old enough to drink, too. He's old enough to drink. Murray. This is true, though, isn't it? How many true? You go in there with the wheelbarrow, the muck tub, and you're cleaning the stall, and the horse is eating there. And, and that, that darn hay has been laying there all night. And they probably peed on it and tried to put their own dressing on it, too. Yes, yes. Yeah, it used to amaze me that I would throw a fresh, fresh flake of hay in there, and he would pee on it. Yep. Seriously? Seriously. Can you not dunk it in the water bucket like the other horses do? And the price we pay for hay down here in Florida, let me no, tell you, you get mad when they pee on hay. <laughs> I guess it's an acquired taste. But it is true. I mean, all horses seem to do this. And Murray's answer was really good because it's like, if I don't have a problem with it, why do you? And it's a good point. (laughs) And I I did catch him eating his neighbor's, little mare neighbor's manure once. And then he wanders over to me and wants to give me a kiss. And I'm thinking, oh, no, peppermint. Pooperman. Next time your horse comes up to give you an unsolicited kiss, you just think about that. Poopermans. Well, that's a good. That's a good question. I wonder if they're more prone to eat out of the muck bucket after they've had treats. So if you give them treats the day before, I wonder if they're really interested in their their salad. <laughs> the no, no, next but you day. better be careful. You don't know where they've been or what they've been eating. Murray used to also like to stick his head in the bottom of garbage cans and see if maybe there was something down there that was delicious. Mm. <laughs> you're right about the dogs though too dogs are the same way uh you know and the other problem with dogs is, is it, the kitty litter that's the other problem with dogs uh but you can understand that with dogs you don't usually think about it with horses no although they do like to go out and roll in mud and manure and whatever they can get all over them and that's kind of like dogs that seem to like to roll on the smelliest thing they can find and then come home and jump on your bed that's true yeah. oh yeah and helena has the biggest dog in the world too so when that happens, it's a bad thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're what big kind dog. Of dog. We have a St. Bernard, a female St. Bernard, and she does, she likes to eat. And then we have a neighbor dog who's, she's a Labrador and maybe nine months old, but she likes to eat, eat the manure, play with the manure, and then roll in the manure. So, and she likes to come over and visit. Well, some people, I bet she's really easy to buy for on her birthday then. <laughs> Well, you know, at one point, because it's freezing here, I have my gloves on, I'm doing the stalls, and she keeps picking up this one frozen piece of manure and dropping it in front of me. And I, you know, I had to do it. I had to pick it up and toss it for her. And I thought, this is what my life has come to. I'm playing fetch with a dog and a piece of poop. Oh, my God. At least it's, at least it's, it's horse poop and it's not quite as, as uh, <laughs> let's say, aromatic as dog <laughs> No protein I can't in it. I believe we're talking about poop. <laughs> we are, aren't we? Yes, we this are, and we're enjoying show. it. Poop humor in the morning, morning. What else? What could be better with your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast of champions. That's right. 
Well, thank you so much, Jody. Where can people find more of Dear Murray? Murray has a Facebook page, and if you log on to Facebook and just search for Dear Murray, you can find him there. And he has merchandise, too, right? You have, uh, 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 Murray has merchandise, and also you, you have merchandise from Misfit Designs. I do, I do as well. Um, there's a link on Murray's page to his merchandise, as he calls it. And there's all kinds of horsey humor on my Cafe Press store, which you can find at cafepress.com slash jlwdesigns. Very good. And we'll post a link to those on our Facebook or, or on our show notes for this episode as well. Thank you so much, Jody. We appreciate you joining us and I hope you feel better. I feel better. What could be better than getting up first thing in the morning and talking about horse poop? That's right. <laughs> That's why we love you. Hi all, Glenn the Geek here, and we are excited to bring you a special offer for Horse Radio Network listeners from one of my favorite companies, and that is Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 85,000 titles to choose from in every genre. Thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, sports, and so much more. Audible titles play on your iPhone, your Kindle, your Android, or more than 500 different devices that you can listen anytime, anywhere. My wife and I love Audible books. We've been a member of Audible since 2004 and have listened to over 100 books uh, with Audible. What horse person, you know, who has time as a horse person to sit down and to read a book anymore? Yet, I found the time to listen to books on Audible. When I'm not listening to podcasts while I'm riding, cleaning stalls, or at the gym, or driving, I'm listening to Audible books. And for the listeners of the Horse Radio Network, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash hrn. That's audibletrial.com slash HRN for Horse Radio Network. And you can download your free audiobook and get your 14-day free trial today. If you can't remember that, just check out our website and you'll find a link to it right there. Enjoy your book. We know you will. Well, coming up next is the world's largest ass. And guess who has it? Me? Kara Yellot has the world's largest ass. God. <laughs> you lost a lot of weight. You don't have that problem anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you always lose it in the wrong places. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm not, I'm complaining. I'm happy to lose it from anywhere, but you know. As long as it's not 17 hands tall, you're still not the exactly. world's largest Carolina. So exactly. <laughs> so let's talk to Kara Yellot about the world's biggest donkey. She lives in North Texas. We're going to learn all about Romulus. Well, hi, Kara. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi, thank you. And congratulations on maybe, keep your fingers crossed, officially having the world's biggest ass. You must be so proud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't easy to come by, let me tell you. It's hard to gain 2,000 pounds, isn't it? I know. And the, 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 <laughs> the ripoff is that I didn't get to have cake and cookies to do it. I had to go out and buy them. <laughs> tell us about how you acquired Romulus. And Remus. Well, I was actually looking for a guard donkey for my goats, of which I have exactly two. <laughs> and um, I think I overkilled it. I, I was looking at Craigslist ads, and uh, I saw these guys. I've always kind of liked mammoths. And they were so thin. And they looked so sad in the picture. So um, we just kind of brought them home as a rescue. 
Uh, my husband said we could keep them for a year and see how they worked out. Um, he's been happy in love with them now, so that that's never been mentioned again. <laughs> Where have I heard that before? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, how, how old are they? Well, let's start with Romulus. He is, quote unquote, the big guy, right? Yeah, he's okay. nine. Okay. And his little brother is seven. And his really little brother's... Close. So they're they're fairly young. How what I mean, I know horses if they're well taken care of and depending on their breed, they can live well into their thirties very happily, some further than that. Um do donkeys have a similar lifespan? Donkeys actually live even longer. Donkeys and mules both. So they're pretty um, hard. There was a donkey registered oh just a few years ago now, um, with the ADMS and I think she was sixty two. Whoa. 60-something, and they were just getting around doing their paperwork. Before we get too much further, let's remind everybody how we get a donkey and how we get a mule. Oh, right. Um, A donkey and a horse really are two entirely separate animals, and a mule is a cross between the two, Uh, specifically breeding a jack to a mare. So people kind of lump donkeys and mules together, but truthfully, a mule is exactly as much horse as it is donkey. Gotcha. Okay. That is probably the simplest, most articulate explanation I've ever heard. That was, okay, so that's major street cred. Am I the only me. one that ever, when, whenever I hear about a donkey or a mule, I, get, I have to think about it all over my head again about which one is which and how we get to, to that? I, am I the only one that gets stuck in that almost every time? Probably. I, I probably am. Probably. Maybe at this party. I'm, I'm sure I've heard it before, though. <laughs> you want a job, Kara? <laughs> you need an extra host here. So, um, okay, yeah, so they're, sure. so your your donkeys, Remus and Romulus, are fairly young, um, but they're they're done growing, right? So their height at this point is pretty much what they're going to be for the rest of their lives? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, please. fingers fingers crossed and now is it is it any more challenging having donkeys of this size than it would be absolutely absolutely and it's it's not even as much a feeding issue they're actually pretty light eaters um thankfully it's it's more of a training issue uh romulus especially is very fearful of humans. He's he's come a long way since we got him. I strongly believe he was, I don't want to say abused because I couldn't prove that, but maybe more roughly handled than what he needed earlier in his life. Sure. And um, if he decides that he would like to leave, he is dragging me behind him. Now, now um, he is, and let's tell everybody so they get an idea. By the way, uh, we'll post a picture on our in our show notes at stablescoop.com. He, he has the saddest looking face. He looks so sad. But um, now he measured what when you did the official measurement for the Guinness Book? 17 hands. And what was the old one? 15.3. Wow. That's four yeah, inches. Yeah, so we, we kind of blew it out of the water. <laughs> I was expecting to hear sixteen one or sixteen two. That's what I had guesstimated him at. Now, did you so let his feet? You, and and judging by this picture, you haven't let his feet grow super long either. They look normal. No, no. He, we kind of scheduled so it was right before he was due for his trim, but we didn't go over. His feet are not healthy, and he really can't afford to be let go on trims. 
Now, have you done anything with either of them? Have you ridden them or driven them or, or you know, uh, what have you done with them at this point? Not yet. I think they would make a lovely little driving team. They're a nice little mats. driving team. Little. You're going to need yeah. like a house behind that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that, was, that was a poor choice of word, maybe. Yeah. Um, they'd make a very pretty driving team, I think. And I would probably like to ride Remus. Rom is going to be a little bit longer. We're still working on the trust issues with him and all that. And truthfully, I hadn't done a lot of training on them because they were gutter donkeys for the goats. Mm. You know, they were bottom of the priority list underneath all the horses in line that we trained. Hey, Kara, I think you went overboard on the guard donkey thing. No, um, no, no. Do you think? <laughs> what, how, are they doing their job as guard donkeys? Um, well. <laughs> or has their, has their celebrity uh, taken over? They, um, well, right now they're at a boarding stable so that they were more accessible to the public. And also, just my entire property slopes. I did have, not have one flat spot on which I felt I could measure them and have it be a fair measurement. So we took them over to um, the stable where I, I teach riding lessons called 4C and uh, did in the aisle where we knew it was level. So they're not guarding the goats at all right now. The goats <laughs> are in a little pen right next to my house, so I'm the guard donkey. Might I recommend a miniature donkey for the goats? Might be perfect. <laughs> I don't know. I've some pretty nasty coyotes. I don't think they're nasty enough to require Romulus. But... I've met some fit, pretty nasty miniature donkeys, too. So I, <laughs> I probably have Oh, I have. <laughs> I, I know, but still. Some, there are some little miniature donkeys with an attitude. These two are so sweet looking and uh, so big. I mean, when you look at the ears are bigger, are almost as long as your arm. <laughs> His ears are huge. Yeah. I haven't measured them either. I need to get on that. God, they got to be a foot long or more. Well, there's a um, there's a prize at the at the state fair in Texas for the longest ear span. I'm not sure his ears are going to do it. And there's only so many biggest longest prizes he can get. <laughs> but they do have one. Now, had they uh-huh. docked the tail, or was the tails just rubbed out? That's just his tail. Yeah, it. it's not been docked or anything. Because well, I noticed it was so pretty short. That's just all they've got. Yeah. You can you can call it genetically docked if you want. <laughs> so how how do they um, how do you think they like living in a boarding stable? I mean, especially coming from an uncertain background, um, do you think that being handled every day and being socialized and sort of being in this regular happy, positive, buzzing type of environment? Do you think that's good for them? Oh, I think it's been great for them. Um, I have seen a difference in uh, Romulus even since Thursday, I think, we trailered him over there. Oh, so they just got there. Yeah, we just took him there for the measurement. Oh. And then there was so much um, media fuss over it that we decided we better just go ahead and leave him there for a while rather than throw him back in our backyard so nobody could see. And... uh, (laughs) It's it's been really good for him. Um, he's he's settled. He's gotten easier to catch, easier to handle. Um, I'm kind of liking having him there. I think it's going to be very good for him. Yeah. Do you, so you think you're going to leave him there for a little while? Yeah. Do you get a? Will no, you get out there? I don't, I don't there think to... my barn owner's going to let him go without a fight at this point. Static <laughs> about all this. <laughs> yeah, she's. This is the most publicity she's gotten for that barn in, in forever. Yeah, yes. Stacy is uh, very, very pleased with these boys. And it's rewarding to, um, I mean, we work with horses all the time. So it's nice to know that the techniques that you use for um, 
making horses feel comfortable and their training that you can apply the same techniques and methods to donkeys as well and see similar rewards. It is. It's really nice feeling, especially with such big guys. Yeah. Yeah, and some yes and some no. I mean, there are definitely some distinct differences. Um, I had a bit of a culture shock when I brought them home. They are in some ways like horses and in some ways so completely different. Um, Some of the instinctive reactions you would expect out of a horse, the donkeys will do the exact opposite and catch you flat-footed. And you have to outthink them. They are so smart. I do have a question for you. We have, uh, in the next street over, we live in an equestrian community, and so probably as the crow flies, it's about a half a mile. There are two donkeys, that regular size, normal size, you know, donkeys, 13, 14 hands. And once a day, about about 11 o'clock in the morning, those two decide to go at it, and they bray, and I can hear them from here like they were in the next paddock. Um, I can't imagine when these two start. Do they do they do the braying thing and wake up the entire county? I'm very lucky in that I don't have much in the way of close neighbors. <laughs> do they go at Am it I though? Close? Do they are they really really oh, loud? Oh yeah, they do, and I can feel the vibrations through the floor. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> My closest neighbor has a rooster though, so um, we just stay out of each other's business and don't complain about each other's noisy animals, and it's fairly peaceful. I can't imagine. Have you ever been up close to one that's braying at the top of their lungs, Selena? It is amazing sound. I, I have. A, a friend had two miniature donkeys called Me and You. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Me good. and You, yeah. And, um, and they were very personable, so they would get really excited when visitors came. And so when you, if you got out of your car to go down to their little barn and their little paddock to go say hi, they would start braying. <laughs> and at first you're like, wow, you know, you think there's a fire somewhere and the fire department's coming down the road. But no, they were, you, you get used to it. I, I like the sound. It's, you just need to get used to it. I guess. It never stops being funny. It's just always comical. It's true. Well, that is true about donkeys, isn't it? They're, you're right. Well, Romulus and Remus are, um, they've got voices like a foghorn. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's a baritone bread. It's like listening to a foxhound. You just, yes. you, once you fall in love with the sound, you fall in love with the sound. There's, <laughs> there's one thing that you're probably never going to be asked to do, though. Everybody I've ever known that owned a donkey was always asked by the local church to do the nativity scene. I don't think the church is going to be asking. Probably not. Because... <laughs> Because who's think, ever playing that's... Christ doesn't want to get up there. So, <laughs> <it's> like... No. <laughs> well, wait a minute. That would be a baby. Duh. So it would be who's ever playing Mary doesn't want to get up there. Because she's the one who hitched a ride. That's just true. saying. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and that's... you know what? I bet they'll find plenty of women who'd like to play Mary on Romulus. <laughs> I, me. I, I we'll start with me. So me in a sheet. What's just the next send me step? Down to Texas. What, what are you going to do I'll next? I'll suggest the church fall you down. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Is uh is the next step going to be uh going to be trying to train get them trained up now? Yeah. I I, I needed to get on that anyway. So all this uh, hullabaloo should hopefully light a fire under me. We'll see. Well, and there's one other thing before we let you go that I have to bring up because everybody in the audience knows that uh, I used to own an acting company and used to do the Renaissance fairs and had an acting company called the Medieval Feasting Guild for 10 years. And you are also a Renaissance fair person. I am. I am. I started when I was 16 or 17 at the Michigan Renaissance Festival. 
Is that right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Do you go to the one in Texas? Um, I haven't been to the Texas one too much. It's it's huge, uh, which is kind of cool, but it's also down there in Houston, and I'm up in Dallas, so I, I prefer Scarborough Renaissance Festival. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have friends working there. It's going on right now, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it starts in April. They're in rehearsals oh, right now, though. Right, okay, right. Gotcha. I believe rehearsals started this past weekend. Um, and I'm not on the cast this year, so I'm thankfully saved from being out in the cold and the rain this past weekend. And, and tell everybody what you did at the Renaissance Festivals. Oh, um, I've done a couple of things here and there. Uh, I used to bring the horses for the King and Queen to ride in the parade up at the Michigan Renaissance Festival. Currently down here at Scarborough, I'm selling swords. I I promote the sword shop by um, going in the parade with one balanced on my head. Ah, gotcha. Well, that's fun. This is terrific. Congratulations again. When will you know officially? Well, we have to send in the paperwork, and they said about three weeks, although if I'd like to pay something like $2,500, they'd be happy to let me know immediately. <laughs> so um, three weeks will be. Yeah, it sounds just <laughs> fine. Who's in a rush? Yeah, yeah, my patience isn't that expensive. <laughs> and what will you get? Will you get a plaque or will you get something? Bragging rights. Yeah. If they like the photographs I send in, they might put it in the actual book. Um, I don't think they get anything special, but maybe. And you get the satisfaction of all your friends saying you have the biggest ass. How's that been going nonstop now? Oh, my gosh. Oh, the ass jokes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's a picture of Facebook right on Facebook right now of me scratching my ass. <laughs> uh, we've heard that one. Um, once I start riding him, I'll be sitting on my ass. My big ass, of course. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I can't, can't forget the big ass part. <laughs> Well, this is fun. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it, and, and good luck. with. We'll check in with you in a little while after you get the training started. We want to hear how they're doing. Sounds good. Thank good you, Karen. To you. All right. The Barnworks is a small marketing firm which caters to equestrians. Whether you ride professionally, own or manage a boarding facility, sell horses, teach, train, show, or even sell retail goods, our business can help your business blossom. We offer services of all kinds, but what we do offer is focused on marketing your business in an efficient and effective way. Regardless of what creative marketing services you need, the Barnworks offers something that most other marketers don't, free consulting. That means if you don't know what you need or what will work best with your budget, we will sit down with you and figure it out together. No charge. Nada. Zip. Zero. And with over 20 years in corporate marketing experience, we have an idea about what works. And because we're fully immersed in the horse world, we know what works and what does not work in this crazy, wonderful industry of ours. Go to our website at www.thebarnworks.com. You can see samples of our work and find out how to get in touch. Or just send an email to email at thebarnworks.com. If there's anyone out there who likes fox hunting, you know, just saying. If you, if you <laughs> we don't like know anybody it, like that. <laughs> if you like it or you're a fan of it or you want to do it or um, well, 
there's a cute little uh, Facebook fan community that's developing. It's called Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. And it's, um, it's actually like a style service. It's about living the sporting life like a lady. You know, um, especially with the popularity of Downton Abbey and, um, you know, there's something kind of romantic about a hearty lass. And uh, chasing a fox in a little black dress, I think, epitomizes what it is to be a hardy lass. Essentially, it's a style guide for fox hunters, fox hunting fans, equestrians, and anybody else who really just wants to follow along. So they have these style gurus. And, of course, they're experienced fox hunters. So they've hunted, they've shopped, they've hunted some more, fallen off, gotten back on, made it through hunt ball after hunt ball, dinners, teas, and, of course, ditches. So if any of you have followed along with some of the fox hunting tales that I've had and some of my friends, you know that it, fox hunting is not for the faint of heart, but it is a whole lot of fun. So if you're in the saddle galloping across the countryside uh, or you're just following along with friends on foot, check out Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. It's really cute and um, uh, it's just a nice distraction to your day. And if you're like me and you can totally turn out your horse and dress your horse, but you can't dress yourself, <laughs> there's some really good advice to be had about fashion. That's Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. Find them on Facebook and become a fan. I did it because there's pretty girls. and <laughs> There are pretty girls. There's pretty, pretty girls. There's pretty tractors. Yeah, there's a pink and tractor. Yeah, I see the pink tractor. That's tractor. Pepto-Bismol pink, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's and a John um, Deere. That's like sacrilege to paint a John Deere tractor anything but green. Well, no. Oh, man. Not if you use it. John you Deere. paint it any color you want. John Deere is rolling over in his grave right now. No, he's not. <laughs> he's a fan of chasing a fox. <laughs> and there's, there'll be lots of really good fox hunting photos, too. There's um, a, a few amazing photographers. One of the things that I, I just have to say this about equine photographers, there are a lot of them out there. And we've had more than a few on Stable Scoop talking yeah, about yeah. how to capture the runaway show. Uh, yeah. Shot, right? Some of the world's best. Uh, fox hunting, um, you know, it's not as widely, I don't want to say, except it's not as common a discipline as obviously hunters, jumpers, dressage, even Western. And so I think the images that are captured um, out hunting aren't, there aren't as many of them. Right. But what we found are a few photographers that capture the essence of riding out in the country so purely and with such passion and clarity, um, the emotions that, that really, that are part of fox hunting are really articulated well with these photographs. So if you're just, if, if you want to see what fox hunting is all about, that's another reason to follow Chasing a Fox because we've got some, some really neat fox hunting photographs. I'm going to have to dig out some of the pictures I took from uh, when you and Jennifer used to ride together. Oh, please do. I'll have to do that. I still have them. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Yeah. Cool. Definitely, I'll, I'll do that. Sounds good. You know, I have a project I'm doing for uh, Horse Nation for tomorrow or for Valentine's Day. Um, they, they're going to do two posts, one of hot guys on horses at horsenation.com and one of hot girls on horses. So my, I was asked as America's horse husband to put together the pictures of the hot girls on horses. Of so course, I, I have yeah. to do a lot of research. I'll be researching diligently. Um, just saying I'm going to be busy, so don't bother me. I'm <laughs> going to be busy. Don't bother me. <laughs> let's go next to, oh, let's re repeat that. It's Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress on Facebook. 
And next up, we have our Tack and Habit segment. In the Tack and Habit segment, we do every week, we highlight a cool product that we found or tested or a service that we have found that we think is pretty cool. And this week, we're going to be talking about travel. And we're, we're not talking about poor travel either. We're talking about the very best <laughs> of equestrian travel with High Point International Equestrian Tours and their tour of England. Well, hi, Kathy. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Now, Kathy, as we mentioned, is with High Point International Equestrian Tours. Tell us about what High Point International Equestrian Tours is, how long they've been around, that kind of thing. Well, we've been around for six years now, and we are the premier provider of horsemanship holidays, which means you can go into Europe or uh, some other popular country and take wonderful riding lessons, whether it be dressage or cross-country or even western and we also provide the end-to-end um, equestrian vacations, where you literally will start at one point, travel across the country uh, close to 100 miles, stay at a different end each day, and you have the wonderful experience of being able to ride for miles without bumping into a road or a fence. So we're very excited about um, the opportunities that we can provide. And this is around the world. We are global. You can go to Mongolia. You can go to England. You can go to Costa Rica. And, of course, we've got great rides here in the States. So it's a fabulous opportunity to have an opportunity uh, to connect with both nature and the horse. Which one has the best pubs? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a very good question because you know, that's when the you're one Alina and I long, are going on. When you ride all day long, you want to get off and you want to be taken yeah, care of. First, we'll you want be. to get yourself sure, a little hammered. Sure. Yeah, that's, no. and that's exactly what happened. No, best pubs, Ireland. Yeah, uh, you literally can ride up, and as well as uh, the England ride that we'll talk about shortly. Um, but uh, you can literally take the horse up to the pub, tie him on a rail, and go in there and enjoy the country's favorite beverage, which, of course, is ale um, or Guinness in, uh, in Ireland. And uh, Does the horse know, you know the way back? Got, <laughs> you know what? Most driver. of them do. You know? They do. <laughs> Most they of do. them do. These horses are well taken care of and love their job. And you pretty much can sit there and uh, not have to worry about which way you're going because the horse will handle it for you. Wow. So. So this is very interesting to me, the idea of being able to ride from end to end. I, I think that's that's not something that you hear about very often, especially in the United States. But mm-hmm. I guess in Europe, it's a little bit more accessible because the countries are, are closer and smaller. Um, yes. So once you start – so how does your company – facilitate that you kind of line up all the inns obviously you get the horses you procure those for the for your customers and you have this horse and then you do you book the rooms for for the guests and well, the food what, how does that work yeah what happens are there are ride guides throughout the world and this is what they do and we have inspected their rides to make sure that the horses are fat and, and happy and the guides are friendly and the accommodations are nice and the trails are interesting and safe, and we represent them here in the United States. 
they uh, arrange for all the accommodation and the trails and um, the horses, et cetera. So we just help get the individual over there and make sure that the guide is waiting for them and that the uh, vacation that they're anticipating is, in fact, going to occur. Now, you sent an email, and I got this press release, and this was the title that got us, because Helene and I are both big Downton Abbey fans, as we know much of our audience is. Um, and it says, the beauty, the history, the romance of England's countryside from on top of a horse. It doesn't get much better. And then one of the sentences in the press release was, travelers will easily imagine the goings-on of the men and women of Downton Abbey. Well, now, I don't want to imagine all of them because things have gotten bad somewhat this year. So, um, But, you know, just you can picture the countryside when you say those words. And what a trip. And this covers 65 to 80 miles. Exactly, and you are going through the richest, most genteel area of England, which is northern England, and it's steeped in history, and you've got these romantic gardens and these period homes that many of the kings have stayed in in earlier times. So this is what I call um, the, um, the Orient Express of horseback riding vacations because it is just top level all all around and and every which way and where do you stay on this particular trip are you staying in homes or where are you staying oh that's what makes this a five-star ride you are actually staying in the homes of people who live in the area and these are individuals whose families you know, go back generations, and they've mingled with royalty, and the homes are just like you find in Downington Abbey. Um, and they have their private chefs prepare your meals for you. It is an uncommon experience. Wow. I got goosebumps. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I know. I, I, I know. Yeah, in, in addition, in addition <sighs> to what's happening, and this is true with all of the rides that we do, is you actually ride through old world villages and many of them have cobblestone streets so if you can imagine riding through the middle of this village and you're hearing your horses feet on the cobblestones and you get such a different perspective than if you were in a car because you're getting to peer in the windows and look over the walls and you're really getting a sense of how the local folk um, live day to day and in addition to that some of these uh uh, picnics that you have are on the castle grounds, um, or as I said, in, in, in these, you're actually tying your horse up to a, uh, a stake outside of um, outside of the pub, and then you're going in and, and enjoying a, a beverage. So, an uncommon adventure for sure. Now, is somebody transporting my clothes and stuff, or do we actually yep. take them along? No, there's a van that follows the ride, and your luggage is transferred to your next destination every day. The only thing you have to do is just show up. (laughs) Just show up. Well, you know what? Get me the right horse, and that's not a problem. Yeah, speaking of that, what what are we riding? Anyway, that's a good question. What they have um, there are um, hunters. Um, So you're going to have a lot of... Field hunters? Yeah, field hunters. Uh Uh-huh. Perfect. They're usually comfortable, yep. right? Just keep trotting. Yep. Keep trotting. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And they're the, they're the warm blood. So they're going to be, t- uh, you know, the, the bigger horse, um, but they're sensible. As I said, these, these horses are amazing um, on all of the rides. They love what they do. They're not going to put you in any danger. 
and they pretty much know exactly where they're going. I mean, when you find them suddenly start walking faster, you know you're going home. <laughs> <laughs> Designated driver. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. That's that Guinness right. is looking good. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you do sure. any? Do you, this, by the way, this trip. Before we get off this trip, um, this one is available and happens when. April through September. Okay. And there's actually three different routes that you can take. It runs from Sunday to Thursday. And they give you the option of either shortening the ride if you're going to, you know, London and you just want to ride for a day or two. You can take a shorter version of this or you can certainly lengthen it. And one important thing, too, is they're, for this particular trip, because of the mileage and the, the country you're crossing, they're looking for intermediate to advanced riders. Of course, yeah, yes. Yeah, not a beginner's. This isn't what? a beginner's you're trip. Do, you're, no, you're no. going to... Well, none of our rides are really beginner's trips. Okay. Um, these are really for uh, horsemen, and you'll do trotting, and you'll do some galloping. So, again, if you can imagine galloping in some open fields, um, and there's no four-lane highways that you're running into, or somebody's fence that you can't cross into their property, um, you know, this, this is what's happening during these rides. It includes four to five nights accommodations at five-star private manor homes, four or five days of riding, horse, attack, guide, all meals, and transfer to and from the train station. Now, you have to cover your own airfare. But this, as you said, this is the, this is the epitome of, of an equestrian trip. I need to go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is anybody out there listening? Yeah. <laughs> I need to go. She needs a sponsor. Yeah, need Somebody take me. I need a sugar daddy. <laughs> now, where can people find out more about this trip? Um, they can go to our website. It's www.highpointwithanetours.com. So if you can think of the high point of your life as doing these rides, you'll remember our name. Oh, that's a good that's a good way to do it. Now, do you have any that I'm a carriage driver. Do you have any carriage trips? Oh, are you kidding? I've got the most fascinating, wonderful carriage trips. We have one that goes through Tuscany. And you can choose to drive if you want, or you can just choose to sit in. Um, no, I want to drive. I want to drive. I want to drive. Okay, yeah, you can drive through Tuscany. Uh, they've converted old post carriages, and um, you can drive in Tuscany, or they also do it in Bavaria. So if you can imagine this, you're in this big, wonderful stagecoach. The driver is dressed in, in German Bavarian driving clothes, and you pull up to King Ludwig's castle. Ugh. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Um, I, I looked at that ride a couple years ago, and for folks who can't ride anymore but still want that experience, it is amazing. And you go from end to end with those. Italy is outrageous. Um, they, they, do some, they do some crossing of, of uh, little rivers, and they're going along the ocean. It's an amazing trip for a carriage enthusiast. And you can drive. You're, you're, you're very good at your job. Cause... <laughs> no, it's no, because, it's, because you know what? I love this. It, it, when you go on these rides, it, it is, you can't take your cell phone because it generally doesn't work. You know, you are immersed in nature and you are connected with your horse and you will meet the most fascinating people because People are coming from all over the world to be on these rides, and it is an amazing adventure. It truly is. 
Well, this oh. sounds absolutely fun. I, I, I'll tell you what, you can find out more about all of the trips at highpointtours.com. And I'm sure this is the kind of thing where people should just call you and talk to you. Um, Anytime. Yeah. yeah, we're always yeah. available. If they're interested, but, lots of questions. And sure. when can I go? When's the next trip to, uh, hmm, I don't know, it's wintertime. I'm debating between going someplace warm and hitting those pubs in Ireland. <laughs> well, Ireland will start up in April and May. Okay. Uh, May and June are, are good times to go there because there's not a lot of rain. Um, but south now, um, Africa is looking good. You can go to Australia. Costa Rica is great. Mexico, anything south of the border. Brazil, you've got fabulous rides all over the place. Um, so if you have, you know, just the feeling that you've always wanted to go to this particular country, I mean, give us a shout. We probably have a good ride there. Very good. That's highpointtours.com. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks so much for your time. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much to everybody from the Western Radio Show who stuck with us and listened in to this show. We really appreciate you being here. You you know, occasionally come over and visit us here at the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We talk about anything and everything. We're not English. We're not Western. We're just equestrian lifestyle. So... If you uh, if you like horses, you'd probably like hearing about about the guests that we have on. And of course, as I said, Tammy's uh, getting better, and we're wishing her all well. And she should be back in the saddle in no time. Let's hope, anyway. Uh, we're, we're, I wish you know that she could be out there competing again someday soon. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, we're, we're all praying for her because she's so competitive. And, and sweet. I know. And just, you know, this has been really killing her not to compete because she's been competitive for so long um, that, you know. Well, now she's competing with her own body. Yeah. So now she's, if she's, a, she's a champion. She's a champion all around. I have great faith in her ability to beat her challenges. In the meantime, we'll keep you entertained here. We'll, we'll make sure that the Western radio show gets some love uh, while we're waiting for, for their return. It, and you can find out more about the Stable Scoop show over at StableScoop.com. And for details about today's show, go to StableScoop.com or WesternRadioShow.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. And, of course, we love feedback, don't we, Helena? Oh, we do. Good feedback. All right, fine. Bad <laughs> feedback as well, but good feedback. Send us an email, Helena at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Stable Scoop. Write nice things. Valentine's Day is here. Send us some love notes. We don't care. Just talk to us. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We hope you have a wonderful day. Give your horses a hug for us uh, and give them an extra treat, too. And we want we uh, also want to mention that we have a bunch of other radio shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. So, Helena, that's it for this week. That's plenty, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. <laughs>